Welcome back to Caffeine Confessionals. My name is Alan Aguirre, and today we're here to talk about the Challenge Rider Dies, Episode 10. I'm joined by my lovely co-host. We have the Southern Luke Muncy. What's up, guys? The Vermontian Zoe Tromboli. Hi, everyone. Last week, the twist was put on us. Uh, no more Ride or Die pairs. We're now in two teams. Uh, I didn't like that idea. I hated the concept. Wasn't happy with it, even though I do like big team seasons. We saw it unveiled this week, and... We got a mostly boring episode. Yeah, I read Alan's article, which I'd advise everyone to read, and we—he was right. We just got pair split into teams last season. Why do we need to see that again? And like, it's the name of the game that this is ride or dies. And we see later in the episode how it ties back in, but it's just like, uh, we were just getting to the tipping point where friends were going to have to start throwing friends in, and now that's yeah. gone. Yeah, Alan, I think you predicted it pretty well last week that this just like deflated the balloon at this point of what could have been an explosive moment in the season. And then it just, just got weird. Um, it was really boring episode. It, it lasted a long time. And I think, uh, I saw some people say like, well, if production, I saw someone say like, what if production wants 18 to 20 episodes regardless? If that's the truth, if, if, if we have to live in that reality, which I don't think any challenge season should ever be 18 to 20 seasons. That's ridiculous. Bring in more teams at the start. Have more drama shown because we know there's a lot of good stuff that's not making the editing room floor. Uh, and also have a like a real redemption house, not like a fake redemption house where people are just staying there week to week. Do it like Exodus 2 where every single week people compete in extra eliminations because eliminations are the best part of the show. Sometimes if, if, you're, if you're not into the drama, eliminations are the next best thing. Watching people go head to head. I don't I don't mind seeing eliminations. They're hardcore. They're fun. And they really test people. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen more like heavy hitters brought in just because even though we knew who they were because they're the only people used for the MTV promo. Uh, like it was fun to like if you were in that house, you're like, wait, who actually is coming next? And God knows that another pair of rider dies that aren't unsuffer- insufferable could have been used. There's lots of sufferable ones that could have, but. Yeah, or take advantage of the uh, rider die pairs that don't have the same availability as the other cast members and have them come in just for an elimination. Like, Car and Polly would be pretty fucking epic as people coming in in an elimination. And you know how much I hate that idea, but. That would be explosive. You know who else would be explosive to come in as a ride or die elimination pair? I'm just thinking like Sarah and Susie. Oh. Damn. Let's talk about that, actually. Yeah, um, let's talk about it. I mean, like, obviously we're going to talk about ride or die's episode nine, but uh, this week there were news that came out that for Challenge All-Stars 4, uh, Sarah Rice was down for it, especially if they brought in Susie, who her best friend. They got to do it together. Sarah Rice... Probably a top five all-time challenge, but at least top ten. Susie, two-time champion, flawless elimination record. Two absolute beasts who are the definition of challenge all-stars. They were down to do the show, and it looks like they're not going to get used. It's stupid because I might have tweeted. I might have just thought in my head. I can't keep it straight anymore. But Sarah has been referenced on every single season since she's been gone. Like, she is such a prolific name. Uh, yes, because she's been wrong, but like she was also really good. 
And so is Susie. Just because Susie hasn't been on since like 2011 does not mean that like she's so far of everybody's memory. That would be so badass to have two female, two-time champs who are best friends, are still are best friends, come back to the show. Like, what a ball dropped. It's a small club to be a two-time champ and be a female. Like, it's not a big group of people. And I think they're also severely underestimating, like, Susie's uh, charisma on camera. She's really funny. She's really smart. The two of them together, they talk about, like, having a rapport. They have a podcast together. And it's really fun to listen to. And they're, like, what are they missing here? Like, what does production have against their female talent? Because I just truly don't understand. It's, it's not like they were role players who won two championships. Like when people talk about Tori Deal, it's like, oh, she's trying to play the Sarah Race narrator role. Whenever someone comes into a season, they try to play the narrator. That's that's her. That's Sarah. And she's a beast. And the last two seasons she was on, she won. It's not like she won back in the day. If she came back, she'd be going for the first ever female three-peat. Uh, it would be insane. Uh, Susie on the ruins. I mean, one of the biggest characters on that season, the Inferno, one of the biggest characters, the Gauntlet 2, her entire team was against her and Kara Z. They are main attraction players. And like, it just sucks because they are true all-stars and that's who we want to see on all-stars. And the thing is like, you can deep dive into the internet to find these things. I'm not going to like say a bunch of stuff that are just rumored at this point, but we're getting a lot of repeats of people who we've seen the first three seasons who were so fun to see. Like they were so fun and nostalgic, but we get it. There's been three seasons that in the past year and a half. Give us something fresh. That's the main complaint about the uh, flagship show, that they recycle the same cast year after year after year. And that's what they're doing kind of with All-Stars, too. So I get it. Like, there's certain faces that you can bring back, but it can't be the exact same cast from top to bottom. It just doesn't make it interesting. And I'm going to go on the limb that I think you both would go out with me on. Those two, Sarah and Susie, should be a priority. Like, the second that they sign up, it's like, okay, we're going to shape our cast around them because, holy cow, these two girls are coming back. Yeah, that they are absolutely the kind of characters that you build a cast around. Especially because like we've seen it whenever like these like two friends come on a show together and they get targeted. So like they're just have like because they can win challenges, they could have storylines, they could have drama, politics, everything around them. It would add entry to the show. And I gotta say, it says a lot that you know, first six minutes of this podcast, ride or dies episode 10, challenge all stars for Sarah and Susie, but it would you guys rather us talk about that or Kenny Clark's three confessionals? Really, truly. I'm sick to my stomach. Um, can we talk about the daily or am I jumping too far ahead? Yeah, let's talk about the daily. Uh, Corny. <laughs> cheesy. I get that it's promotional and like this is how they're probably getting a lot of money for this season or this specific episode. But the demographic that watches the challenge rider dies on MTV at 8 PM on a Wednesday is not the demographic. I could be wrong. Going to watch Puss in Boots, the last of the nine lives in theaters. What? I really have nothing positive to say about that. I wanted to claw my eyes out, maybe pun intended, but like I, was running on the treadmill and sometimes like you know how you need something to focus on to keep you going i was like do i fast forward like what do i do how do i get through this because i was like ready to give up that's how bad it was it was i i gotta make an admission guys 
when the no no when the trailer for Puss in Boots: The New Legacy first came out, I retweeted it on Twitter because I thought it was a great trailer. I thought it looked hilarious. And then the movie and then the movie came out, and I haven't seen it. I, I go to the movies twice a week, and I so I haven't seen it. Even though I go twice a week, I could easily fit it into my schedule. Uh, so yeah, I am the demographic, and I still haven't seen it. Says a lot about the show. And I got to say, we had the Top Gun Maverick thing last season. I don't think they went to the premiere of that show either. Well, I was going to say, did any of them actually go to the premiere? Because they one, they didn't even seem excited, but two, like, would they? Well, you got to remember someone who won that daily challenge was Ashley, and then she got removed. Yeah. And CT's wife probably wouldn't let him out of the house to go see it. Um, but it was just like, it was so cool. And I get it. Like, if you're on the show, you're grasping for straws and confessionals at this point, because like, this could have just been a normal challenge, but I get that it's promo. But like the Antonio Banderas sneak peek was weird. The graphics on the screen of like the two cats sword fighting. It's like, we're getting a little overboard. And then all the cringy jokes, Tori's grown on me. Don't get me wrong. But you give her an opportunity like this to make jokes about Puss in Boots. She's going to make them. It's going to make me not really the one I'm listening to her. I hated it. Yeah. I know it, it says a lot too because this is the like the type of daily challenge that Zoe has been begging for for like the longest time where people just like put their hands on each other and tackle each other and then they just had to ruin it with puss and boots. I I will say because obviously like I think when you know what the daily is, which is do you want me to describe it to people? Yeah, yeah. They're uh, on a platform over water and they get to they send out one team member at a time. To basically wrestle someone off the platform, whoever is the last one off the platform wins. Um, and they're supposed to have like nine lives, like a cat. So when they get when someone falls off the platform, that's their life is gone. Um, the five hundred pounders decimate, <laughs> and I will say the one shining moment. I got really, really turned on watching Horacio toss Johnny Bananas into that water. And I think the whole world needed to see it. I think Johnny Bananas needed to feel it. And yeah, Horacio just keeps growing on me every week. How about that, Kenny Clark? <laughs> he almost had Fessy. I honestly think that was a smart gameplay, though. Having him go up against Fessy because they were right. Everyone will lose against Fessy, so why not send your weakest competitor? This entire episode was riddled with like, Kenny's the man, Kenny's the strongest guy here, and it's like those self-deprecating jokes aren't very funny, (laughs) and like when your own teammates are saying it, it's like, this is not an ego boost, this is like admitting that he is the worst person to grace our screens, and we've had Jin Lee on our screens. At least she was hot. Right. You know, like at least she hooked up. At least she caused some drama. Yeah, Jenny just sits there and big smile. Here I am. Yeah, greetings, Earthlings. That was that was a moment. That was a moment. She was a moment. My poor baby Nani. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was scary. I was I was impressed with her in that maybe it was just editing, but she was holding her own against Olivia just by pure chaos for a little bit, just like swatting her away. She looked crazy, and I'm not going to lie, but, like, it was a strategy. But the <laughs> like crazy it. thing is she, like, held her own a couple years ago against Natalie Anderson, like, ex- to the extreme. 
And this was a little bit different, but maybe it's a testament to just not how good Olivia is. Not that she's not good, but like she's a tall girl. Like she's a brute. She's got she's got the build for that type of stuff. She's a beast. Yeah, she's like twice Nani size. Like and like muscle and like her muscles are twice Nani size. But mm-hmm. um, Nani took a nasty fall. I could not understand how Casey just didn't jump right off that platform. I was actually kind of disgusted by the fact that she didn't. wasn't surprised i don't love her like the only way that i like even start to like casey is like okay well nani likes her loves her i guess she doesn't do much for me like if nani weren't on this season and it were just casey and her brother whoa well they wouldn't be on i feel like that's they would have put they would have put casey with fessy or josh Could could we talk about that real dickhead moment from fessy where before the daily challenge, he's like, "Yeah, Mariah's my partner this season, but Casey's my real ride or die." Which, like, obviously we poke fun at like this stuff all season, but like, dude, come on! Like, the paint is still dry on your jerseys, like, like not wet. I mean, it just—it's ridiculous. How how do you just say that out loud about someone you were partnered with who's so who's supposed to be your friend? I want these people to be authentic, sure, but it's like I understand this is airing on television, and people are going to critique you for bringing on this girl who you just thought was like She Hulk. And now that she's indispensable or dispensable to you, it's like, uh, we're not really that close. Bessie was authentically being a douche through this whole episode. Like, yeah. I hate to agree with Bananas, but Bananas nailed it when he was like, all this tiny bit of power he got from winning a daily um, went to his head. And now he thinks that somehow he's like in charge of this season. Like his vibe was so weird. And I hope it bites him in the ass at some point. But poor Mariah, like he's he's such a uh, he's just such a fuck boy. Like I don't think he's a bad person, but I think he's a fuck boy. And I just mm. yeah, you can tell it really shakes her up in confessionals. <sighs> no, I actually <laughs> did think, like no, I think I think we saw like one percent more. Like she went from zero percent personality to one percent personality this week. I feel like we saw a little bit more stuff, like a little bit of sunshine. I don't I don't know if a lot is there, but I thought there was just slightly more. I thought like a little bit more freedom. I love her. And she even said on Twitter in the season air, she's like, I'm just going to warn you guys. I was scared shitless about how I was going to look behind the camera. If we get the chance to come back, I'll be much more relaxed, but I'll give her, I'll give her some grace because at least we're not getting thrown in our face. Her hook up Johnny, which is happening, but it's not being thrown. A lot of stuff is being left on the cutting room floor this season. But you know, what wasn't a flashback clip of Ashley millionaire Mitchell. I know it was so insignificant, but I was like, oh, there's real television. And I even thought that when I saw Corey, too. So that made me happy. That was like my highlight of this episode, and it had nothing to do with any of the gameplay. It was a stupid Nelson quote, which we have too many of now to even care. I still love it. I'm sorry, I do. I, yeah, I like reminders that he's a, he's an idiot. I don't mind that at all. And I just like whenever they show an actual clip of a past season. I just, I don't know why it always gets me. It's always in a, like a 100% approval rating. Let's just talk about a couple of those matchups. I was actually surprised that Nelson beat Devin, which like, I know people think of Nelson as physically stronger, but Nelson's very clumsy and Devin is like, like half a foot taller than him has some weight on him. Um, I was, I just thought, I just thought Nelson would fall. Like he always does whenever there's anything height, height involved. Mm, honestly, I had no expectations for that one. But I, yeah. I probably would have put my money on Nelson. 
Yeah, I I think it could have gone either way. I wouldn't have been surprised if Devin found a way to outsmart him. But I just know Nelson's so much stronger than him. Mm-hmm. Nobody looked like really super impressive through this. Like Horacio looked great. Chauncey, uh, Chauncey did a really good job. Yeah. That was an interesting matchup because Chauncey has like 40 pounds on Jordan. But Jordan is way more experienced. And I like that Chauncey even said in his confessional, I don't know what I'm doing up here. I'm just going to try and mirror what Jordan does because he looks like he knows what he's doing. And he did knock Jordan a couple times on his back and Jordan just kept recovering, which I was super impressed by with Jordan because he's just like, there were so many times where he should have just very clearly fallen off, but he just kept his balance somehow. He's a freak of an athlete. Like I kept watching. I honestly, after he saved himself the second time, I expected him to win just because I was like, how the fuck did he do that? How did he not fall off? Yeah, I thought the same. And even watching his eye contact with Chauncey, like he was analyzing every single situation. And it reminded me of World of the Worlds 2 when he won that elimination against Josh, where like he was so disadvantaged, but he used his intellect to read the other person and say, okay, here's where I go. So I too, Zoe, whenever he got back up that second time, like he's got it. He figured it out, but Chauncey got him. Kudos to Chauncey. It's impressive. Yeah. Finally, too, like Chauncey's been like, Sorry, no offense, Chauncey. You've been terrible this season. You've been awful in everything to this point. So we finally got a win. And even Amber was a little bit pleasantly surprised. Like, oh, shit, Chauncey. I recorded her saying that because it was so funny to me. She was just like, I was like, why are you saying it like that? It's And I don't really ever record uh, episodes, but like that part was too much for me. Uh, let's talk about Amber. I know I'm probably jumping around. We can get back to other people, but her going against Tori was insufferable. We are here to compete. What is going on? And you can't even use the excuse of like, they might've known it was a girl's day because Amber's boyfriend's there and Tori's supposed ride or die slash ex-boyfriend who we kind of didn't talk about that today, but it's the same story as last week who she's still like in love with. It's not a laughing matter. Like, you got to be serious. And they just were like, put some boots. You're a cat. I'm going to fight you. So grating. That's the vibe I want on All Stars, not on the flagship. Yeah. Like, I'm okay with them being 40 doing that. But it just, it it was annoying. And there was just so much puss in boots that I (laughs) needed it to fast forward. Like, please stop dragging this out. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Shrek guy, but I still hated it too, honestly. Uh, I didn't hate it as much from Tori for, as I did from Amber. Maybe because I just thought, like, there's no world where Tori was going to lose to Amber. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, Casey and Mariah was a little interesting. I mean, Mariah went guns blazing, and Casey just proved why she's Casey. I mean, Casey's a beast. Yeah, that was the athlete. Like, Mariah's fit, but Casey's an athlete, and that was the difference, I think. I'd rather have Jenny West. Than Casey or Mariah? Or both? Both. Uh, than Casey. I here and I'm I don't really care. I would like Casey if we had not seen her on every single season since she debuted. We get she's good, but that does not make it fun to watch and be good consistently. Like bring on somebody else. Let her take a season off. Like Josh gets on my last nerve. He's not on the season. If he comes back next season, I'm like, oh my gosh, Josh has been gone. I'm ready for him to, to annoy me again. But like with Casey, it's like, my God, it's the same thing. I think Jemmy actually had a really good point on Twitter recently when she was like talking about the ride or die pairs that Casey and Nani would have been a way better ride or die pair because we would have seen 
a feistier side of Nani. We would have got to see a different side of Casey. It just would have been way more interesting. We wouldn't be wasting a casting spot with Kenny. Like, they've done female-female pairs on mixed gender seasons before. So, And Casey's a beast. Like, Casey can hold her own with most of the guys. So there's no reason that they couldn't have done that. Yeah. Mm. I agree. That might be like the uh, not doing every season in a row thing. Emily Strong is not the most entertaining, but she at least spaced out her seasons. And so it doesn't hammer home as much how like inappropriate well, she is. Good example, because if she got her shot, which she's not going to, and decided to come on the show, it'd be like, oh my God, there's Emily S. She is going to dominate. But like if it were every single season, it'd be like, uh. Eh. I'm tired of it. It's I think it's the same problem that happened with Cara Maria. She got so comfortable on every single season that when the tides turned on her, she did not know how to handle it because she'd always had good reception for the most part. And now she's just a lunatic who tweets from Montana about her cast members who don't want her on the show. Off Twitter. Or Instagram, sorry. Polly tweets. But it's probably her. It's probably her going, Polly, say this. Though she, though she's no longer in Montana, I think she's in Florida now, which is even more insane of a place God. to be. In. I mean, yeah, yeah, perfect place for her. Yeah, that actually fits. I have Polly muted on Twitter, so I forget that he exists. Sometimes, the re- no, no. Sometimes the reply to me, and I have him muted too, and I just, I just see a bunch of notifications, but I don't see the tweet, and it just it confuses me. Uh, <laughs> Ride or Die is episode 10. Uh, let's let's backtrack a little bit. Let's talk about some Tori and Jordan stuff. I guess it's backtrack going forward. Uh, at the beginning, we see some of the awkwardness because of, like, the Jordan Norris stuff. Norris looking stunning. Uh, Tori is just, like, falling apart at the seams emotionally. And as she's falling apart at the seams emotionally, she looks amazing at confessionals. It's like as, like, things are falling apart, she just looks better at confessionals. Uh, that's a whole mess unto itself. We talked about it a lot, a lot last week. What do you guys think this week? I have some new perspective that's maybe not that new, but... I feel like whenever Tori came on these seasons solo, when her and Jordan had already split, it doesn't make sense for Jordan to be upset with her for hooking up when he's not there. And I do think it's different even now because Tori is physically there. If Tori weren't there this season and she tweeted like, I can't believe Jordan's hooking up with Narice on TV. It'd be like, what? But she's there and they were in bed together. But it makes me wonder if they had some type of deal where, where he was like, you go on the show, you compete. I'll be back here waiting. And then he had to find out. But if that were the case, why not say that? We're missing context somewhere. And if we're not, Jordan just sounds like an ass. Well, because he did. He hooked up with Naya on All Stars. And True. that was public. And she didn't say anything. Obviously, it was after she'd hooked up with people. But I totally agree. Like, they were broken up. She was doing what she was doing. But he wasn't. Like, it's different when it's right there in your face. And I also get what he's saying. I get that. It is nice to have someone probably in that house who you can just be with and not be thinking about the game and not be stressed with. But I'm sorry, like you guys were engaged. It's different. Keep keep it under wraps. Don't shove it in her face. It sucks. And I honestly think Tutori wouldn't have cared. She would have cared, but not as much had they not been in bed together. Even if it's just like laying together, like that's intimate in some aspect. Like he knew what he was doing. And she had just been in his bed. Like it's that's. That's gross. Grimy. Let's have some fun. Let's peel back the curtains a little bit. Uh, talk about some stuff that's not being shown on camera. Because we think it was teased at the end of the episode when Tori's talking about Horacio. 
Uh, she mentions that he's very attractive, and apparently there might have been something going on between those two during the season. And I think that just like when you throw that element to everything else, mess, just a mess. One thing about Tori, she's going to hook up with somebody out of spite. And I think she did. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I think I'm all about people weaponizing their sex life however they want to. Genuinely. Like on yeah. Dirty 30, she was unhappy with Derek and she caught the interest of Jordan. She's like, okay, like this is how I'm going to go about this. I know it's a way for me to get out. Might have blown her face for a little bit, worked out for a little bit. Last season, Emmanuel is Jordan's Romanian clone. You can't tell me she genuinely would like love the guy and that she wasn't in the back of her head like, he's basically a foreign Jordan. This is going to be funny. Uh, I, I do think that she's just kind of messy, though. Like, we watched Fair. Are You the One, too. So I think she's just like, I'm down to have fun. And You're I mean, right. I think she's crazy, and he was crazy, and they were just having fun together. I don't, I don't think it was out of spite. I think she just likes to hook up. And girl, do your thing. And can I say this too? And this is going to sound so not de- degrading, but it's going to sound a little bit rude. If you remember Tori from Are You the One Second Chances, she didn't really want much to do with Morgan until Morgan wanted nothing to do with her. And then a switch flipped and she was pissed off. That's probably what's happening here with Jordan. Like she was just kind of playing around with them. And then once she realized he didn't really want her, she's like, wait a second. I'm not the number one girl in your eyes anymore, even if we're still split fiancés. I don't know. Yeah, She's, you're right. Messy's a good way to put it. I was impressed by like just Luke's talking, where he he mixed foreign Jordan, the use of the word weaponizing. I was just like, damn, he's spinning right now. Uh, and talking about some mess, talking about Jordan and Naya, real world Portland coming to Netflix, which seems like we've been we've been doing this whole Jordan uh, treatment of like you know bring him back into the world, and now we're gonna see a whole different side again. I thought this through like it, it seems like they're wanting to be like, OK, these people are prominent. So on the show like that might grab in viewers. But they know what the other side is. People are going to eat him alive. Probably her, too, to be honest. Like. What is the mindset here? That's not the one you put on Netflix. If they put on Netflix because it's a crazy season and it will people will watch it. And you guys are forgetting the best part this could bring us Avery back to the challenge. And that's what I'm really excited about. <laughs> Wait, that's yeah. so true. I'm just imagining like the TikToks of the people who are discovering real world for the first time via Portland. And they show that scene. And then they're going to show the scene 10 years later of Nia and Jordan hooking up in bed and all stars. That's going to be so good. And then it's just because like Avery, that's like my number one priority. She's always been my number one priority. Like getting her on all stars, getting her on season 39. That's the focus. Season 39. I want her on both. We need her there. We need her somewhere. But Uh, my fear is that I'm going to get on TikTok, just like you said, and it's not going to be like the fast forward 10 years. It's going to be people like green screening Jordan from 2012, 14, whenever it was. Being like, can you believe that MTV gave this man a platform and they've given him this amount of money ever since? And he's this, 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 this. And it's going to blow up in their faces. And I'm not even thinking that I'm going to be wrong because there's so many people that are going to watch it. Someone's bound to do it. But I guess any attention is good attention. The original Bill Simmons blogs back in the day when he would like blog about rural Portland and stuff like that were insane. Where he's like, Hurricane Naya is just the best character on reality TV. And you know what's so crazy about that season is that you had Naya who was all over the place. Jordan who was all over the place. 
I think Jessica McCain and Giant Riley are the two worst people on that season. I think they're just bad humans. Oh, Jessica. Do you remember when she invited a dude that was like 6'6", 280 over back to their place and to stay the night? And then she's like, oh, but you can't sleep in bed with me? And the dude had to sleep on the tiniest little cushion? And the guy's a giant dude? I think she's one of the first cast members to ever block, block me on Twitter. Like... I don't remember even what I would say, but I just remember being like, you're the dumbest person in the whole world. Like, I I hate her <laughs> to my core. And Johnny Riley, talk about outkicking your coverage. The fact <sighs> that he ever landed Avery disgusts me on so many levels. He has kissed way too many beautiful women, and I'd never want to see his face again. I think you're in luck. I don't, I don't think we will. <laughs> I, no, I used to love the stories about uh, him and CT would both live in their parents' basements and play Xbox together between challenge seasons. Uh, and look at them now. Well, I don't even know where one of them is. I Maybe his parents' basement still. Hey, CT will be in Miami this Saturday. CT? He's got to make that money. He's got to make yeah. that money. Wish I were there, actually. But, um, yeah. How did we get to Netflix? <laughs> Look, man, this is a challenge. We're having a great time. Ryder dies episode 10. The pink team wins. The 500-pounders win. Uh, they have to put someone into elimination. Uh, they're like, do we throw in Devin? Do we throw in Jordan? It's like, And even Tori's like, well, I'm protecting Devin first and foremost because he's been a real partner. Jordan's fucking with me. If we're going to take a shower, we're taking it at Jordan. Um, and I actually really like that because Devin has been a great partner in Tori this season, incredibly supportive. Uh, you got some Devin and Jordan stuff where, like, I don't trust you. He doesn't trust you. I think that just because Jordan doesn't trust with like Wes ever. And Devin is just a Wes Jr. Uh, Devin says like, oh, I don't, I don't backtrack or do back deals on people, uh, which I actually d- don't think he does. He just makes too many deals. He just makes deals with everyone. As was evidence with Michelle and Jay, people he did not need deals with. I have a hard time taking him seriously when he gets in this like godfather role that he plays. I just... It doesn't seem genuine, and maybe it's because I just don't read him like that. Like, I get that you figured this game out, but I don't look at you as a puppet master. So, well, and I think it's times where he acts like he has it figured out, and it's like there's nothing to figure out. Like, you just are voting somebody in. That's all that it comes down to. And I think it is tough when, like, because he really did tie himself to being, like, Wes's guy. For a long time. And you're just going to always live in his shadow where we've seen the better version of it. So it's just always going to seem watered down in comparison. Like I've seen, like I've just seen a better version of this movie, this acting role before, and you're just not it. And I don't think you're bad. I think you bring a lot to the show. I've just seen better even more recently. I'm curious how we'll feel years down the road because nostalgia plays a huge role in this. Two years from now, I'm like, okay, Devin played a great season, smart guy. But right now it's definitely just like not what he thinks it is. I think he's playing well. I just don't like watching it. I liked him better as like the foamers. Let's go. Yes. Like <laughs> it's obnoxious, but it's felt authentic. Honestly, Vendetta's Devin was peak for me. It's yeah. really annoying to me when somebody has like one enemy and they like drive that in the ground. But him versus Johnny was fun, and like him actually orchestrating a way for him to go against Johnny and beating him. That's when I was the biggest Devin fan. We talked but about now this. Like when you start playing, when you play the game more successfully, you're drawing less attention to yourself yeah you're right i i loved him on double agents i thought he was one of the few good things in that season that that challenge where everyone was trying to sabotage him and he won it with gabby they made a bad political play but it was just like it was 
really him putting his heart on the field and going like me against the house. And I, I love seeing that from him. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't, I understand why Jordan doesn't trust him. Um, they, they actually end up making a deal or whatever was going on there. They get to the deliberation. Uh, Kenny Clark gets five minutes to speak and he says the dumbest shit ever. He's like, throw me into elimination. I want to see Horacio. And it's just like, you're not going to beat Horacio at anything. Just that's not going to happen. Like the only person you have a chance at beating something at is Devin. Um, even then, Devin's going to beat you at most things too, like 99% of things. I don't even know who you, if you beat anyone at anything. I, I, didn't, I, did not, I did not like it. And yeah, he's a disappointment. I wonder what he can do. Father a child. Andrew's a great father, but like, I didn't know he had kids. Oh yeah, they mentioned it a few times. They mentioned it in the episode a few times. You, that's I, how much I tuned it out. I fast, <laughs> no, I fast forward through his confessionals. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I just like I don't think this show's for him. Oh, actually, I know this show's not for him. And I want to say, Casey, I respect Casey because like her brother probably has been a big fan. And she was like, okay, I'll bring you on, knowing that, like, I'm probably not going to win the season with you. I think her priority this season is Nani, which is cool. I actually really like that. Don't do that again, please. Anybody? He shouldn't be on any show. No. No television. For him. Ever. Nothing. I'm just laughing, because I really did fast forward through his confessionals and just had no clue. He had a kid. I feel bad now, but... I'm sorry. I just the, the kid's fun. Nani was just at the kid's birthday party. Like you know, I'm he's sure he's a great dad. He looks like a friendly person. I yeah. wouldn't really know because we've not heard much from him. But I would let him hold my baby. Yeah, I don't have one, but he could hold it. Yeah, Kenny, Kenny Clark can hold Zoe's baby. That is <laughs> that is the takeaway from this podcast. Um, <laughs> so they don't vote Kenny in though. <laughs> no. They don't vote Devin or Jordan either. They vote Horacio. Everyone except for Olivia, which I, you can't vote in your own ride or die. It just makes it look shady. It's kind of smart. These guys know that they're not going to run this full team till the end. Even if they stay in teams, like it's not going to be all eight of them. So you might as well get rid of Horacio if he's going to be taking your spot or beating you. They don't know if there's a team switch, anything like that. So I kind of respect it. You don't want to piss Jordan off. Horacio is probably the next best, best option because Kenny's never going to win. You know what would have been fucking crazy? If they set up this whole elimination, Horacio goes against Kenny. TJ says, okay, Kenny, you're going. Hey, Casey, you're going too. <gasps> oh. <laughs> my God. Can you imagine the impact that would have on not just them there, but me watching that, you watching that. Oh my God. That it's like, I told you, Ryder Dawes, get out of here. Nani's tears. Oh my God. Fessy looking confused. Amber going, oh my God. Yeah, that'd be good television. But instead, Kenny loses. Yeah. Alan, talk about what the elimination is because I, I they broke down walls and used tools. I actually love this elimination format. I, I liked it a lot when they. I liked it more when they were doing it from like the top of the floor and bottom down on Rivals Two. Um, but I, anytime people break stuff with tools, I'm always into that. It's always something I want to compete in because I just like breaking stuff. Um, the fucking nuts and bolts at the end was so the, the, stupid. 
That was dumb. That was dumb. And those took a long time, and they tried to make it seem like it was close at the end. It was not. It takes a long time to get rid of those, those nuts and bolts, and Horacio had a gigantic lead. And, I mean, he did construction. He's a beast overall. He just knew what he was doing. He's a good player. Um, I just wish we could have seen two better competitors compete in this elimination. And it just sucks because imagine if it was, like, Casey, who's, like, a historic competitor, having to make up for her brother if they're competing together in this, like Zoe said where she's trying to carry him against a strong pair. And if she pulls that off, she looks so good as a competitor. Like she carried her brother whose name she doesn't even know the name of, she forgets, to an elimination win. Instead, we just get this. He gets anticlimactically eliminated uh, or not really, which is even more annoying because, you know, Casey as an individual is never going to get thrown in. She could have got thrown in as a pair because of her brother, but as an individual, she's never going in because people like Casey. When CT, spoiler, if you're watching this, hopefully you've watched the episode. If not, guess what? Kenny's not going home. He's going to probably a hotel. They didn't even say an elimination or like a redemption house. But as long as Casey stays, he's going to have a chance to get back in the game. He even says, I guess I'm going to be here a long time. He knows. Nobody's throwing her in. And sure, it's probably a comment on that she's good. But it's like, damn, why couldn't we have had the scenario that Zoe just said? That would have been gold. And then you could you could even keep the Redemption House angle if you wanted to. If that would have fast-forwarded the season too much for them, they could have kept that. But, I mean, sending Kenny to a hotel so he's there but he's not there, which is basically the same thing he's been doing all season. Um, <laughs> it's true. But, like, maybe Kenny gets eliminated, Casey goes with him, but Casey has to be one to, like, participate to get back in the game because she's now, it's, like, relying on her. That could have yeah. been cool. Another twist that would have been interesting is that if uh, they, they get told the elimination and Casey could volunteer herself, like they would do on those Survivor Redemption Islands where you could where you could throw yourself down and save your loved one, put them back in the game. Um, that's a that's yeah. that's a thing that happened on Survivor, right? Yes, mm-hmm. it was, and it was very interesting to watch. Casey would have never though, and I don't blame her. It would it wouldn't have been smart for either of them. Yeah. But. She is one of the few people who could actually see something like that, though, against the right person and be like, all right, I'll go in. Yeah, absolutely. Horacio wasn't the one, though. No. Yeah. No. Horacio, four elimination wins, first male competitor since Leroy to win four eliminations in one season. And he does it as a rookie. Uh, He joins Wes as the only other rookie to win at least four eliminations as a male competitor. Uh, One of only four male competitors ever to win four eliminations in a season. Very impressive by him, and even he says in confessional, "I'll win five if I have to." What's the record for most one in, the, in a season by mail? Is it five, five West? Yeah. Yeah. I believe Horacio is going to do it. I faith. I, I I hope. I want to see it. I love when he's on my screen. I don't care if he's a little vanilla. He's a little vanilla, but like, but- I, it's genuine vanilla. So it's like, okay, it's not he's extract. A sweet, he's a sweet little babe. He's a he's a yeah. good he's a good eaty slow churned French vanilla just hits good especially on like you're back home for Thanksgiving you just take an edible you got a little bit of apple pie uh, and then you get you get some you get some good vanilla on top and it just it hits at the right time the pies weren't oh just he's that guy and I don't know I like like I've always been like very anti Landon Luke because I just think he's boring as hell I just never really cared for him Horacio is like. A Landon Luke I can tolerate because he just there's something about him. There's a charm. There's a charisma. I don't know. Not, not even a charisma, but I don't know. I like him. Well, there's something about him. Landon I, was crazy. He was so like 
even though he was like he could be really boring you knew that he was like unhinged also but like Horacio just seems like a really good dude like he's like like the high school boyfriend that you broke up with but you really shouldn't have you were just stupid and you regret it every day of your life he's just he's just so sweet who are we talking about here (laughs) I will say one positive from this season, we have hit that wall and it's not just this season, like it's happened the past several, but we've hit that wall where it's like, okay, like let's maybe speed this up. The one benefit outside of Kenny Clark, the rookies have been pretty enjoyable to watch. And I'm not sure if it's where we've had more prior knowledge for a lot of them. I'm not sure if they're like, I mean, they have past history with these people because they are their ride or dies, quote unquote, but like, it's been a lot better. Yeah. Spasa's allies, we were at a low. I'm sorry. Like, I, I still get trauma whenever Ad, or Alan opens up the podcast. He's like, welcome back. And I want to shake my head to spies, lies, and allies, and how much I hated doing that season because it sucked. So at least we have this. I'll stand by the female rookie casting on spies, lies, and allies were really awesome. All the males stunk. And the worst yeah. part is the, the female that went the farthest out of those rookies was Emmy, who oh, God. just carries Ritz crackers in her pockets at all times. Um, she's the worst. She's the worst. They were great. We just had too many. Yeah, for sure. What else, guys? Are we done? I don't even remember the scenes for next week. Um, Tori says something to Narice about like I wouldn't have done that, and in my head, I'm going, Tori, you absolutely would do that. That is exactly what you would do, and it's okay. Tori, you hooked up with Emmanuel after like con- comforting Michelle and comforting him because Michelle was gone and like saying, Michelle, he thinks he loves you. It was like, you would do that. Come on. You would do that. Absolutely would do that. They're on a tilt a world type thing in the daily challenge. Trivia. Oh, trivia. Yeah. Oh, they're going to fuck it up. They've been fucking up trivia badly recently. If it's the same trivia, which it probably is that I just watched on the finale of Challenge Australia. It was fun on there. Oh. Yeah, I got to catch up with that. I watched the first episode. I, I thought it was good. Yeah, it's over. Think, I was a big fan. I think trivia doesn't have to be complicated. It can be so simple and so good. Just put them over water, give them easy questions, set it up on a tee, and watch them whiff and face plant. Like, that mm-hmm. is what we want for trivia. I agree. Agreed. We're not getting that though, <laughs> unfortunately. And the worst part is like TJ's like laugh is at, like just pre-recorded at this point, and <sighs> it was funny when it was authentic, like like it was simple. But when it's so built up, so overproduced, that's when I don't like it. Sour note to end on. Uh... Episode ten. Can you imagine it? We're in double digits. Uh, we've still probably got 12 more episodes, including (laughs) the finale. Woo. Uh, no spoilers here, but like the challenge I'll show you just concluded. You can go watch those links online. You can find them pretty much anywhere. Search Vevmo. Uh, the challenge UK, the challenge Argentina are coming soon. The challenge global champion is finished filming. Heard some cool stuff about that. The challenge all stars four is filming in January. We're going to have a lot more challenge to talk about next year. Is it going to be good? Who knows? Is it going to be? It's going to be. (laughs) It'll exist. You can watch it. You can find it. And 
Even though this episode wasn't great, I had a lot of fun with my lovely co-hosts who are beautiful, who are amazing. Make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple, whatever it's called, YouTube. Uh, it's at CF Confessionals on Twitter, at Zoe Trimbo on Twitter, at Final Reckoning on Twitter for Luke, at The Alan Aguirre for me. Just have a great day as a whole, and thank you everyone for listening.